Hi guys, this is your host Ola and welcome to the All Things Money podcast where I'm here to discuss all things money from budgeting, saving, investing and everything else in between. So I'm pretty sure I've said this before on a previous podcast episode, but I would love to go down the property investment route at some point. However, how and when I have no clue. So because of this, I'm joined with Goeks and Akin from the Property Strategist podcast to talk about how we can invest in properties to hopefully build generational wealth. Hello, guys. How are you both doing today? Bonjour. Great, great. <laughs> yeah, good. Nice to be here. Nice to be here. We've got some French going on, have we? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I speak French, German, Spanish, you name it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you both for joining me on the podcast today. I'm honestly, like I said before recording, very excited to have this conversation with both of you. But for those who haven't had the pleasure of tuning into your podcast, please can you introduce yourself to everyone listening? Yeah, so we're um, Goke and Akin from the Property Strategy Podcast. Our platform is aimed at educating young people about trying to get on a property ladder. We talk about, talk and teach about different strategies in property. We document our own journey in the property investment world and also interview other people in the industry. And the whole goal is just to help people from diverse backgrounds, people from young, young people specifically, kind of demystify a lot of jargon and, mm-hmm. you know, all these stuff that's quite confusing and just break it down, have fun with it. And yeah, that's it really. That's that's the goal. So yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Anything extra to add? <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, I think our, our main goal, or the reason we went into this is just that everyone makes it sound so difficult to get on a property ladder. Everyone makes mm. it look, the media makes it look so difficult. Yeah. So our thing is like, you know what, how can we show that it's not that difficult and there's a way to it and there's a process to it and it can be done by anybody, you know, so that's the whole point of our podcast and that's what we do. I love that. And this is why I'm very excited to have you both on because, yeah, I feel like everyone, a lot of people I kind of speak to in my kind of, who are my age, are always like, yeah, one day I'm going to invest in property, da 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 da, and obviously yeah. have no idea how to go about it, especially if they've never even purchased yeah. their own property before. So, yeah, yeah, I guess before we kind of delve into how to go into investing in property, I'm keen to know about how you guys got into investing in property. Sure, sure. I, I, I'll go first. I think what you just said is very key in regards to it. everybody at this age says, oh, I want to invest in property. And I was one of those people that just <laughs> say it, say it, say it. But yeah. it's like, never know how to go about it. But I know it's something that's good to do, something that potentially can lead to generational wealth. So I think for me, it kind of started, my journey kind of started after I finished uni. So I went to Aston Uni in Birmingham, mm-hmm. finished uni, I think I started started working. I'm a pharmacist by trade, if you want to call it that. Started working, and I realised I wanted I wanted more basically, and I was yeah. like, kind of getting stuck in the rat race. And I'm like, okay, I want a bit more. I c- couldn't really move up that much when it, with my profession. So mm. I decided to start reading. Read Rich Dad Poor Dad, which is oh yeah, the classic. Book. <laughs> <laughs> the classic but it's so crazy how it is the classic because everybody talks about it everyone, yeah. everyone this stage <laughs> we met someone the other day that I was talking about and he's like up there with yeah. property thing. so anyway so I read it it kind of just spun my mind changed changed my total outlook on life and kind of made me want to get involved in property mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and from then I kind of started reading up started researching started speaking to people that kind of knew that already had one property and yeah man and then I decided to invest in Birmingham reason I picked Birmingham was just because I went uni there and property prices back then was like well area called Dudley which is outside Birmingham was like 77,000 for a two-bed house uh, with a loft conversion and I was like well 
Does it make sense? And then, yeah, that's how I kind of got started. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take it too far, but that's how I got started. Anyway, yeah. yeah. And, and for me, funny enough, I always talk about it on the podcast, but Goke's journey is literally, like, connected to mine because he's my cousin. And while at uni, he told me, called me one day randomly, said, oh, look, I'm looking to purchase property. At that time, he just graduated, but I was still in uni at the time, so I was in second year. And he said, oh, I'm going to pick you up. We're going to go for some viewings. And yes, yeah, literally what happened, we went, went for a couple of viewings. Like he mentioned, he, he ended up buying a property. I had a conversation with my my brother, who's just slightly older than Goke. And he did the same, like literally a couple of months later, he bought the same property. He did that by refinancing my parents' property, pulling some money out and getting two properties in Dudley as well. And so that kind of put in my head that, you know, I, oh, this is something we can do. Like, this is just, it was kind of like, it, it wasn't a normal thing. Like, I was like, right, you guys are definitely, I mean, they were both below 26 years old at the time. So I was like, right, like, I think okay, was like maybe at like 22, 23. My brother was like 25. And I was like, okay, cool. So this is something that we do. This is just something that we do. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do. So when I got, so then I remember I went to work in life after I graduated and I was just working at normal. And then I remember at one point, oh man, I was just about property, like, you know what I mean, young. <laughs> But then I didn't really have that much money, to be honest. So I was like, okay, cool, what can I do? So I went to a property seminar and learned about a strategy uh, that we talk a lot about on the podcast, which is rent to rent, mm-hmm. which is basically a property strategy where you don't need to have, you know, lots of capital. You can start with probably around like 5K. Uh, so I called a friend, a like-minded friend, and uh, yeah, we went halves in the deal. And that's how I got my, my first deal. So it wasn't actually a purchase, my first deal. First one was a, a rent to rent. Uh, but yeah, that was the first way, first deal I got. And that's how I got introduced to it. Thank you for sharing both of those journeys because it's really interesting. And I love how you both just say it so casually. <laughs> so <laughs> obviously I'm 25 and obviously I've, you know, I work full-time money, all things money. I've got some money and um, money saved up. But obviously I think a lot of people that are probably listening to this podcast are thinking, how do you just buy a 77,000 pound property? Like, do you need loads of capital? And especially with rent to rent, obviously I can, I know we'll talk about like different investment properties strategies in a moment but you know when it comes to capital especially when you're purchasing your first investment property do you need a lot of it how can you kind of go about purchasing your first one yeah good question I'm sure I can probably have something to add to it but for me at that point it was the property price was 77,000 and the reason was that was because I wasn't solely looking in London I was looking outside of London because obviously back then properties was, was ridiculous but now it's even worse so I kind of looked out there and said, okay, what do you need to buy a property? Mm-hmm. 10% of that deposit, I needed seven grand to buy it. So obviously at that time, I remember I was working at the time. So I already had about three grand or four grand saved up. And obviously at the time, I spoke to my cousins, like, look, I need extra 3K just to buy this property, blah, blah, blah. Or in fact, at that point, I just needed to show it, show that I had seven yeah. grand before. So so letting agents can take you seriously because yeah. the moment you make an offer, they say, okay, show us your proof of funds. Mm-hmm. At that point, called, called Akin's brother and I said, yo, bro, I need like three grand just for like one hour or <laughs> just for a day. Put it in my account just so at least I can show that I've got I've got the money because I'm good for it, but it's going to take me a few months to kind of save, save yeah. up for it because I knew I was working at the time as well. So anyways, so that happened. I was able to eventually save the seven grand I think an point, important point for me to make as well is when you do go for a house, you don't have to have all the money on day one because obviously the process takes about three, four months or something okay. longer. And they ask for the money right at the end. So at the beginning okay. of it, if you haven't got all the money, 
you've still got time to save up. If you know you're working, you can save another grand this month, grand next month, grand following mm-hmm. month. So that's one thing, obviously, like I said, it's, it's the knowledge of knowing how much exactly you need. And for me at that time, I needed 10%. You can buy a house for 5%. Yeah. But what helped me was just, I wasn't solely focused on London, London, London. If mm-hmm. you can afford London, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You know, save up the amount and then do London. I don't know if you've got anything to add that. No, same thing, literally. I think, you know, it was funny because, like I said, I, I started off with, with rent to rent. And then a couple a couple years in, it got to a point where I had a conversation with Goke and he was like, oh, bro, like, it's, it's time to get yours now. And, you know, I think for a lot of my friends that are, are, are from London, when I was, you know, telling people that I've, I've got a property now and I've purchased another one, etc. I think a lot of them, the misconception was that, you know, we've just loaded with crazy money and we're just doing <laughs> yeah. left, right, or center, right? The, the, you know, the real truth was, even for me, like, at the time, because I bought a few years after Goke did, you know, Birmingham was too expensive for me. So I actually yeah. had to go further out. Uh, I went I went to Liverpool before I came back to invest in, in the West Midlands. Uh, okay. So the first deal was actually in Liverpool, and it was a similar price to, to Goke. It was in, like, around 70k. So, again, 10% of that, you know, I put down about majority of the money. I had majority. I had all the money for the actual deposit. But then, I, you know, you, you forget sometimes that you use money for the, the legals. And, and oh, yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> just like, so just like, I had to call my friend to say, oh, yeah, can I can, can I borrow, like, I think it was like 2, 3K. I was like, yeah, I can borrow that, man. I'll, I'll pay back in, like, in six months. Like, I just make sure that every every place that I get, I'm just, it's just going out. Luckily, I got paid, like, three, six months. I can't remember if it was either three or six months for, for my Rent, tenant. Yeah, yeah, well. tenant, yeah. Yeah, so that helped a lot as well. So, yeah. you know, pretty much after, like, three months, I was able to pay everything everything back and yeah I think that was I think the biggest thing is just targeting the areas yeah just not having an ego just knowing where you know yeah where can you afford yeah. versus you know I want to live in London I gotta I'm gonna invest in this particular area like yeah. that you just yeah. might not be able to afford it and you know what I'm saying so that's just what it is I think I think I think another thing to add to Zor in regards to ego you saw me and Akin I asked his brother I said yo bro I need xyz he asked his friend I need X, Y, Z. Why? Because at the end of the day, we need what we were trying to achieve. Yeah. Like, my ego right now doesn't really matter. Like, if I know that at the end of this, I'm going to own a house and I'm going to be able to do what I want to do, leverage it to do whatever I want to do. So, yeah. I mean, that's also very important for all of us to know. Just use the people around you. Don't feel some type of way about, oh, I don't want them to think I'm broke or I don't want them to know about my finance. Mm. If you know what you're trying to do. So, yeah. that's another point to make. Yeah, and I think to be fair, I think you're both very fortunate. The fact that you both had each other surrounded by people that are like-minded individuals. So I know probably people listening to podcasts, they're probably think speaking to their friends like, "Oh, I want to buy my property," and everyone's like, "With what money?" So I think it's really yeah. nice to see that you guys were yeah. in that circle to show what the possibilities are. Which is why I'm really excited, I'm glad that we're having this chat on the podcast as well to tell people that again, you know, you don't have to be a millionaire to go down the property investment route, which I initially assumed, but Obviously, Akin, you obviously mentioned the term rent to rent, which being honest, I have no idea what, what it means. And so obviously <laughs> I am sure there's other different types of property investment strategies people can adopt as well. So would you mind just kind of breaking down the different strategies? Yeah, so I can talk about a few of them. Um, rent to rent is is one that I use uh, just in a nutshell. It's you when you find a property, uh, you're finding a landlord where basically you guarantee them guaranteed rent each month. So let's say uh, you find a uh, a, a landlord with a three bed property and a, and two reception rooms you're renting the property from him and then you're renting out the rooms individually to other tenants in order to make a profit um, okay so in, so in, the, yeah, in this in this case 
uh, I was leasing the property from the landlord for about 650, I think it was at the time, the first deal. Uh, and then I was renting out each room for around 400 pounds. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and obviously this is all legally done, right? Like you have a registered company, you know, it's all done. Like, yeah, of course. Cool. Um, you get consent from the landlord. Yeah, you get consent from the landlord, so you know exactly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're doing it for a set amount of years. And, you know, I was renting out to students, which I, at the time I just I just graduated. So I, I understood the market and yeah. I understood how to communicate with them and stuff like that. And, you know, another strategy that we just, we, you know, we've been talking about a lot recently is always lease option agreements. Similarly to rent to rent, you're renting, the, you're leasing the property from the landlord. But instead of just renting it and making money from renting, you actually say to the landlord, in three years time, you know, if the property is less worth, let's say worth 250K, you can say to him, you know, we're going to give you 200K in three years time for the property. And you can basically get a, ma- a massive discount, basically, at that point when you're looking to, to purchase from him. It's, it's, a, it's a very interesting time at the moment because of interest rates and a lot of things that's happening. Yeah. And you find a lot of landlords, you know, are struggling to pay their mortgage and things like that. And so this strategy basically alleviates the stress from them. You're mm-hmm. basically saying, look, you're struggling to make your mortgage payments. We'll pay you every month so you, so you don't have to worry about it. But we're going to agree that we're going to be able to purchase, for, purchase the property from you from a, a, a discounted rate because we're helping you out. So you can okay. help us out. Kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, that's, yeah. so that's, that's another strategy. And, and um, I'll give you one more. I would say commercial to residential. Uh, that's another big one. Developments, basically. So mm-hmm. you're looking at undervalued commercial properties. You know, uh, a lot of people, because of COVID, are not using offices and things like that. Um, so they're very empty. And, you know, it's very hard to value commercial property because it's not the same as residential. Like, yeah. With residential, you've got a lot of properties that are sold in the proximity. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of surround about that worth. But with commercial it's very hard to gauge so you can go in there and you can offer a really low price for the for the commercial unit and then through permitted developments which is basically a type of like what would you say like legislation through the council the local council that allows you yeah. to kind of do work so you can then convert that let's say pub for example into you know lying flat yeah wow and uh, by doing that you're almost doing you're basically increasing the value of the property enormously you know what I'm yeah. because now it's easy to say that you know flats in the area similar flats in the area sold for this amount so mm-hmm. now you can actually say if i if i create nine flats if i create nine flats out of this pub actually i'm creating almost like let's say for example one million pounds worth of uh, value in that in, in that property so you know i would say that's another one that's and these are all three that you know we're looking at we've done and we yeah. know we get involved in so so yeah absolutely absolutely just to chime in as well just to go back to rent to rent which you spoke about earlier rent to rent is really 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 fantastic low barrier to entry strategy that you can get into that after my first property I started doing rent to rent just because I knew that I didn't have I didn't have another 20 30k in the bank to kind of buy again I said Mm -hmm. let me do rent to rent use that money to kind of save up save up save up save up and then go again and just that's exactly what I did so I think people definitely need to look into it don't underestimate it and it's a really fantastic opportunity a last one as well is Atkins uh pro at this but it's property sourcing whereby you can basically source property for other people you've got investors like me and Akin who are always looking for properties but okay maybe we're we're focused on, we might be focused in London for example we're mm-hmm. not looking at great opportunities in Birmingham you might be based in Birmingham you might be like oh let me find a deal sell it to me bring it to me I'll pay you a fee for it you can pay a grand two grand three grand five grand just for you bringing that property deal to me and you make money, you use that to save up, yeah. you, you can purchase. So that's yeah. another free strategy right there. 
Yeah. If, if anyone wants to learn, shout me. That's like a day-to-day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so, I'm yeah. not going to lie. I think I'm going to need to chat with you guys after this. Yeah. I'm feeling, <laughs> you know, I'm feeling inspired and motivated to go down this road. Because, yeah, it's very... Yeah, those when I when I was thinking about, I think a lot of people when they think about property investment, they just think buy to let, and that's the only route you can go down. So these different yeah. strategies, I've definitely not personally heard of. I know you guys source properties because I've seen it all in your stories, but when I'm seeing it, it does not mean anything to me. Anything so, to <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, guys, I hope you've got your pen and paper and making these notes because I think yeah, it's very insightful to kind of know these things because like we all know none of this is taught in school, so I'm all here no. for it. Yeah, so. So I actually listened to an episode of one of yours back in the summer about some of the costly mistakes you made when purchasing a house. So it's obviously clear that it's not all sunshine and rainbows when investing in property. What things can go wrong? Where do we want to start? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think one that come, one comes to mind, or a few come to mind at the moment, now, it's all rushing in, but one comes to mind is maybe when doing a refurb, you know, not doing due diligence with the, the handyman or, or the contractor that's going to do the work. I've had times where, you know, we've we've had houses uh, for rent to rent where we've had someone come in to do work to to a bathroom mm-hmm. and he literally we've paid him majority of the money up front because that's what he preferred. And then he's just basically gone and done a runner. And it's like we're just like just left there, like he's not answering calls. We're trying to call him back, he's not, he's not mm-hmm. answering. And we're just thinking, oh man, like. What we're we gonna do now? So yeah, yeah. There's 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 loads of instances, man. There's there's uh, there's countless. I'm trying to say, but I think the, the good definitely outweighs the bad. But I think it's been some hard lessons as well. I would say, but I know Goku yeah. probably got some. Was good. Yeah, I got loads. I got I got loads, but I'm just gonna keep it to <laughs> a minimum. But obviously, another one as well is not vetting your tenants correctly. Because, for example, I run a letting agent, and before all of that, I remember those times I've gotten a tenant that you know got him in. It was fine to start mm-hmm. with, and eventually they started not paying the rent. They started fighting mm-hmm. other tenants. They started mm-hmm. doing what they like. So it's not mm-hmm. like I'm paying the mortgage, but I'm not getting the rent for it. So I'm yeah. taking money out out my day to day money now to kind of mm-hmm. pay for this. That's that's one thing. So making sure you do due do diligence. If you know you don't have time to vet a tenant properly, go with a letting agent. Speak yeah. to somebody, research a letting agent, whatever. Use 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 the tools around you. Yeah, I've, I've, like I said, I've got so many. Again, yeah, even yeah. when you're purchasing a property, for example, there was a time we purchased that auction. And with auction, for those that know about auctions, you have either 28 or 56 days to complete, basically. Okay. Right? Now, what we did is once, because when, when a property goes to auction, there's always something wrong with it. Something might be something minor, might be something yeah. major. So we, we bought the property, but look, we had a legal pack that told you everything about the property. It doesn't mm-hmm. highlight or the wrong stuff. It doesn't say, oh, by the way, this is why you shouldn't buy it. It slips it in somewhere in there. So, but anyway, the, the property we were buying didn't have a title number. So, which means if it doesn't have a title number, you can't get a mortgage from it. Right. So obviously I was looking to get a mortgage from that property, but it's now like, the hammer's landed. I've got 28 days to buy this, or I'm going to lose my deposit, which was a lot of money. It was at least 20 grand or something like that anyway, yeah. And so now I went from, I can't, I've got 28 days to make sure this property, I complete on this property, it was 56 days actually, and, and it was during COVID. Oh, Obviously gosh. with COVID, it takes about 10 months to like register the title number. So anyway, cut the story short, we, yeah, I was, I was stuffed basically. I had to come up with 120 or 130 grand basically, which I wasn't prepared for because 
Exactly, exactly. I didn't. So, <laughs> so yeah, so like I said, that's the situation there. I just have to use my resources, yeah. use the people around me. Yeah, man. But I mean, yeah. we got it, we've got a property thing then, but yeah, there's so many things that can go wrong. Speak to people that know what they're talking about, yeah. listen yeah. to podcasts with people that know what they're talking about. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, so yeah, that's what yeah. I would say. Yeah, so it's really, yeah, it is really interesting. And you know, like you said, to be fair, I think I've learned that things can go wrong because I used to be the t- the person that would like take days off at school and just watch Homes Under the Hammer. So you could kind of see like <laughs> when things got delayed in the process, like, ah, oh, see, you did do your due yeah. diligence. But, you know, it's, it's hearing it from your mouth, you can tell that, you know, it's really important if you are going to go down the route of investing in property, guys, that you have contingencies to kind of like help you should something go wrong. Um, but I guess as well, another really important factor when looking to purchase a property is obviously picking the right location. So how do you guys go about picking the right location and knowing that you're actually going to be able to find either a tenant or a buyer later on down the line yeah so i'm, I'm a property sourcer and um, when i'm speaking to, to clients the why what i tend to do is work backwards so i first you know get them to financially qualify them with like a broker and things like that and to, the main thing is to kind of figure out what your your budget is okay from your budget we can then say okay with this money what's, what's the most we can get out of this money basically so with this money what locations can we afford and based on those locations, which which location is the best in terms of um, amenities? So, like, you know, is it close to a, a hospital? Is it close mm-hmm. to a school? I want to try and figure out as quickly as I can where we can invest, or where we can buy, where there's a lot of demand and there's a lot of uh, potential capital growth in that area as well. Yeah, there's a lot of areas, in, especially up north, where they're building new shopping centres, they're building new hospitals, mm-hmm. there's new uh, business parks. So we want to be in and amongst places where things are going on. We yeah. don't need to be directly yeah. opposite the road, but we need to be in close proximity. Maybe like a five-minute drive away, maybe a, a seven-minute bus ride away, or even walking distance. Um, so that's that's the main thing. Uh, we first use your budget uh, to see, you know, what you can actually afford, that what yeah. cities you can afford, and then start doing research into those cities you know, and seeing if those councils and if people are investing to that city. Uh, and, if, if, and obviously, if it's familiar to with you as well, like Birmingham was familiar with Goke. Liverpool was kind of familiar to me because I kind of went there one or two times before. Yeah. So then it's kind of easier to kind of get a grip, uh, get a grasp of, you know, how to get around, or, you know, where you go for different things and things like that. Yeah. So, But I would say definitely for investment purposes, you're looking for demand, places where there's demand, mm-hmm. uh, and you're looking for places where there's potential capital growth. So there's a lot of things going on there, a lot of investments going into the area. Mm. And start to that as well. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of research that goes into what actually just yeah. says, is it just you have to yeah. be dedicated and put the time mm-hmm. in. Final one as well. Another thing to think about as well while doing this is something we like to implement in something called a blue ocean strategy, whereby okay. okay, you know you've got like a red ocean. So picture a red ocean where there's loads of sharks fighting each other, <laughs> there's blood all over the place. Yeah, we've got a blue ocean whereby we've got a little fish to swim in, doing his own thing kind of thing. <laughs> the red ocean is more like when everyone's saying oh, let me go to the city centre. That's that's probably going to be good to go to the city centre. But there's so many people there trying to get the same property you're trying to get. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of competition. Yeah. So the best thing to do is to find, utilise the Blue Ocean strategy whereby you just find somewhere that nobody else is looking. However, you've done the due diligence that I can say, like for example, a business park. More time people might not look at a business park. If you're looking at a city, they'll think, let's go to the city centre. Capital growth is going to be there. But maybe look at a business park in a certain area and you'll be that little fish just swimming, doing your own thing in that area. So um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. what we've been using at its work. So, yeah. 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 So just last tip as well, I would say, look at sold prices as well. So, for example, okay. 
every, in every city it's quite weird and this is something that kind of about, you know, bit me in the butt I guess early in, in, in my uh, property career uh, and that that is that you can have a perfect area like on paper everything makes sense right like yeah. it's it's close to city center you know it's got shops near to it mm-hmm. it's nice the opposite of the road but for whatever reason like property prices just don't really grow like a year upon year in that area right. uh, and there's a lot of and usually that's because of stuff that again if you do your, you your due diligence you'll see that maybe there's a high crime rate on that road for example or okay. there seems to be a lot of, you know, just a lot of bad stuff happening in the area that might prohibit you, like, being able to really benefit from tenant demand or, or good capital growth. So you want to look at, once you do all the research that we mentioned, is just make sure that that road, or at least a quarter mile from that road, property prices are selling for what they what it's on the market for. You know okay. what I'm saying? So then yeah. you're, you're aware of, you're aware of you know, what, the, what the price of the property was a couple of years ago, what it is now. And what it's projected to be in the future and then you know that okay cool i'm i'm, in a, I'm going to be in an area where definitely in a few years time it's going to go up in value but yeah okay amazing okay jiva i'm just digesting this information myself because i'm literally oh, using okay. it for selfish gains as well but to nah, you, kind you, of... you, you got a number <laughs> yeah literally yeah. I'm, like, I'm probably gonna hammer you now when my message's like guys can i do this yeah, yeah, this, you're, this? You're part of the family. yeah i'm glad i'm glad <laughs> i think i can come um, what's it called man commonality was our birmingham roots so yeah i'm loving that so I guess to kind of round up this kind of discussion, for those that probably listened to this podcast episode and really want to go down this route of investing in property, do you have any final tips for those looking to invest? Yeah, I say get the knowledge, spend a lot. If you don't have the money, get the knowledge. So how do mm. I get the knowledge? Listen to podcasts. YouTube is like full with different information. Yeah. Learn about all the different strategies. See how your current financial status can match up with the different strategies out there. That would be my golden tip. Yeah, I think always don't be afraid to speak to a broker as early as possible. Okay. Some people feel intimidated, like, you know, oh, my God, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not ready to buy it. You know, even before I had the money, I actually spoke to a broker like a year before. And I just said to him, I'm looking to buy next year. What do I need to do for the next 12 months to get ready? And then that's a conversation anyone that's kind of wanting to buy in the next few years should be having. Other than that, yeah, get yourself educated and be and try and get involved in the community. Like, you know, you're involved with us now as a family. So, you know what I'm saying? Now it's easy that like, you can just message them, like, <laughs> Yeah. I still do it now, like with some of the stuff that we're doing now. I, you know, I constantly message people, you know, uh, and I, I, and we also get mentored as well by other people as well, yeah. you know, to get into different strategies. You know, just put your ego aside and just, just be open to going to, to different areas to invest in, and don't be afraid to ask dumb questions as well. And just, yeah, and you, you'll be fine. So, yeah. Oh, uh, no, thank you so much. I think that I can, like you said, don't be afraid to ask dumb questions because I always talk to people and they're always like, oh, I'm so embarrassed to ask this question. I was like, but why are you embarrassed? Because we weren't taught anything that you're asking me in school or university. Like we're kind of left to kind of fend for ourselves. So yeah, no, I really love those tips, guys. So yeah, guys, I hope that you're listening and feeling really inspired and probably like just opened your eyes into how you can kind of go about investing in property. But obviously before I let you both go, if anyone would like to tune into your podcast, follow you online or purchase your online course, where can they go to do so? So yeah, we're on uh, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube, we're on TikTok, we're at uh, Property Strap. So I don't, I don't think I had to spell it, but yeah, Property Strap, <laughs> you'll find us there. And then also if you type in on Spotify or Apple Apple Podcasts, uh, Property Strategy Podcast, yeah, I'm sure some of our podcasts will come up. Uh, feel free to get in touch by email or, or the DM, you know, we, we mm-hmm. answer quickly. And um, yeah, hopefully, you know, we're going to have some more, you know, future events with all things money so yeah yes we, more collabs to come in like i can mention as well we spoke about the rent to rent being an important strategy and we've got a course out on that as well so 
definitely check us out on Instagram to kind of get more information about it as well. Brilliant. Well, obviously, as always, guys, I'll leave all of the links in the podcast tri- description. So please, please go check them out. You're probably going to end up being like me and pestering them for questions. So yeah, I'm all for it. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so, thank you so much, guys, for joining me on the podcast. No worries, no worries. Thank you for having Welcome. us. Welcome. Take care. Thank you, guys, for listening to this week's episode of the All Things Money podcast. For more All Things Money, make sure you follow us on social media, subscribe to the podcast, and make sure you tune back in next week. <laughs>